0: and welcome to the Life Redesigned podcast where we talk about how you grow through what you go through. Life will always bring you challenges and I am determined to not allow your past to set your future or rather your life this far to shape who you are as a strong confident woman. Allow yourself and your life to be redesigned and be all that you've always dreamed of. You deserve it. All right. Hey, everybody. It's Amy from Life Redesigned. Uh, We are in our Life Redesigned Facebook group today talking to Coach D, and we are talking about money mindset mastery. Uh, I'm super excited to have her talk with us today just about her story and mindset and the mastery of all of that. Uh, It's something that I know that she's super passionate about. And what I also love is she's lived through it. So she's been on every part of the spectrum. She's got an amazing story to tell, and I'm super excited for her to share her secrets today. So what's up, Coach D? How's it going?
1: Hey, Aime. Um, It is going well. I am just total side note, super excited because not only do I respect you as a person, but um, we've known each other for over 21 years. And so it's like hey we're on camera for the first time where we're not singing at a concert <laughs> yeah, well, that's so funny oh my gosh
0: ah uh, well we have an extra story to tell everybody i feel like we we have to always tell like the story story so that's for a, a later date at the end of this if anybody wants to hear it but for now uh, I would love for you to share just with everybody. If there's questions, we can ask them. But I'd love for you to share just a little bit of who you are, um, kind of like where you come from and how money entered your life. Share with us a little bit of like that past, present, future mindset, the mastery of your mindset of how you got from there to here. And give us a little bit of coaching that we all need and definitely want to hear around this touchy, touchy subject of all the things that are happening in the world. So we're really excited to have you, and I'm going to let you take over.
1: Sounds good. Thank you. Um, one, first, I just want to say it's, it's really just money has become such a taboo subject that just even asking how much money do you earn, or what is your income, or even just talking about the bare necessities of investment portfolio, all these things just have become so touchy, and I think on purpose um because there's so much fear behind it um so I'll, I'll start by just anyone who's watching whether it's listening now live or later on um one thank you for investing in yourself right it's just understanding hey i would love i'm interested i want to learn more um so i hope that you get a couple of nuggets today that'll help you tomorrow and in the future um, I'm Coach D. i am um I come from the, the funny part about it is i shouldn't be sitting in the seat i'm in in the city that i'm in i'm born and raised first generation in chicago about two miles away from humble park if you've never heard of humble park um, you may have heard that there is a park within chicago that has two huge puerto rican flags flanking it from one side to the other it is a diverse neighborhood it is no longer that diverse <laughs> now it's a bunch of condos uh, but still with the puerto rican flags on each side Um, which is super funny every time I pass by when I go home. I live in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Um, And what brought me from there to here is pretty much a story I'll go into just, you know, briefly, but trying to hit all the touch points. So I grew up with a beautiful culture, passion, dancing, you know, the music, right? That's what I, my family was always together very, very tight. What I didn't know then that I know now is that we were lower, possibly just getting into middle class. Um, the house I grew up in is actually not even there. I checked, I googled it a couple of weeks ago. It's just gone. It's like a, some completely different condo. So just, you know, I'm in, I'm in my early 40s, uh, maybe mid 40s by now, but uh, 44, and the house that I literally grew up in is just not even there. It's, uh, com- it's almost like an erasure, if you will, of like everything I knew Um, the street that I grew up on was actually a one way and um, it was the boundary of three different rival gangs and so it was a a normal part of my life growing up for the first 14 years of my life was gunshots during the day gunshots at night I I knew that very well I I used to collect shells in my uh, (laughs) bullet shells that is not shells like from the beach Um, shells in my backyard Uh, That was like a fun thing I didn't know exactly what it was back then but as an adult and as a mom now i'm kind of like wow. (laughs) Um, I can't believe that was my life at the time, but that was a norm Uh, hearing sirens was a norm Uh, calling 911 was a norm, not having the police or ambulance show up for like five or six hours, that was the norm that's where I grew up and so. I was lucky and blessed to have a huge and beautiful foundation at home. Within my four walls, super safe. My parents were overprotective, and now I know why, um, again, as a mom. But overprotective and education and um, just having this mindset of mission possible. Anything is possible. If you believe it, you can achieve it. My mom literally had that on my wall. I grew up staring at it. And just this beautiful, just, um, I would say, attitude of it doesn't matter where you come from, it matters where you're going. And that's what you have to focus on. So I was always future oriented, results oriented, um, goal oriented, and always had this entrepreneur, intrapreneur as well spirit, where it doesn't matter what system I'm in, I'm gonna thrive as long as that system works. Cause I know how to listen. I know how to follow instructions and I always bet on myself. And so I think that the, I always bet on myself continued uh, throughout my, that's like kind of one of the themes in my life. Um, So it was the expectation, you are gonna go to a university, not a community college, not this, not that, because I was literally first generation and they wanted me to set me up to the best of their ability. So I didn't actually know of any other options (laughs) because that was all I heard uh, and all that was expected. And so um, they just said, after that, you're on, you know, we support whatever you do, but this is what you are required as a person in this house. Uh, so I did go to college, uh, first one in both sides of my family to go to college right after high school. The norm, uh, because of necessity, was that my my family would go to community college while working because there was just no way to, um, it was just not a financial possibility. And so uh, it was kind of like, and I know that there are so many uh, people listening to this where your parents make enough not to get <laughs> not mm-hmm. to get funding, right? Uh, so you don't make enough to afford it, but you also don't, you make too much to not get the funding that you need to actually afford a, a good education. And mm-hmm. so I was super lucky. Um, My parents took out loans and all of that, and I was very well aware that I was one of the few at the college, at the university that I went to, where that was the case, Um, and so I always felt very different, uh, just because of my ethnic background, I'm Puerto Rican, Um, and it was the first time, again, growing up in a very Puerto Rican and diverse, listening to different languages was the norm, Um, listening to different music was the norm, just as people are going past the streets. It was the first time that I felt like, oh, there's like a whole other world that I'm just not aware of. Mm -hmm. And um, it it kind of took, you know, as a shocker, right? It was a culture shock, even though I was still in Chicago, but at the university level, it just wasn't the norm. I wasn't the norm anymore. Um, So I was very hyper-conscious and self-conscious of how I spoke how I presented myself. Um, And it kind of took its toll a little bit. But the one true thing that I had was that I was an athlete. And that's how I was able to get scholarships to go to college. Um, So that was like, I would say the the binding force. And that gave me so much confidence. So all four years I played college uh, college fast pitch uh, softball. I absolutely loved it. Uh, I made such incredible friends while I was there and super wonderful connections I met my future husband um, within the first couple of months of being a a freshman. And so I had this wonderful connection to the people I was, uh, I was around. And from there, um, I thought, Okay, I have my psychology degree, I'm going to take on the world, life is going to be super easy. (laughs) And I think we all when we get to that point of early adulthood, we tend to go. I'm gonna take the bull by the horns and uh it's I'm just gonna ride easy from here on out. I did everything I was supposed to, everything that um I was told would make me successful. And here I go. I hear, you know, solid ground. Um, that was not the case. So it I couldn't find a job, first of all, for the after the first uh year or so of uh after graduation. But as I fast forward into these, I would say different avenues of trying to find who I am in that sense of like, what do I want to do? Where's my passion? Um, What do I want to sink my teeth into and really grow as a career? I just could not find that until I ended up at a chiropractic office, which was a great, um, I would say, growth uh, opportunity for me. And I got promotion after promotion after promotion, started making really good money. And my husband and I bought, um, I would say, uh, one of our best and first high of highs uh, was in 2007 when we got our condo. We worked our butts off to get that condo, super savings. I mean, everything possible. We threw everything at it. It was our dream spot, perfect location. Um, And I'm gonna mention specifics only because I want to uh, showcase how you can go from here to here in a matter of months, (laughs) which is what happened to us. So May 31st, 2007, we get the keys. Beautiful condo, cherry hardwood floors, three bedroom, two bath, luxury condo in the inner city, but a, a perfect spot for us because our families were a couple of blocks either way. We were ready to start our family. We got a dog. I mean, again, things are looking rosy. Fast forward just a few months after we get the keys, I no longer have a job. Um, and so we lose half our income, just like that. We have about a $3,000 mortgage and we're just like, gosh, how are we going to afford this now? Um, So then I find out I'm pregnant. We did want to start a family, but once I lost my job, it was like, yay, we're excited. Oh my gosh, we're terrified. Um, And so it, that really became a spiral. Um, You know, a lot of things in that summer did not go our way. Um, You know, a pit bull attacked our, my dog and I was eight months pregnant. So we are literally. I'm wrestling this pit bull, and um, now the the I would say the medical bills start stacking up, and in this case, vet, uh, veteran veterinarian bills start stacking up. So there's nine thousand. Again, I don't have a job. Then I had to go to the hospital because of the stress of the of that attack. The, the ambulance went to make sure I was okay because again, eight months pregnant, wrestling a pit bull is probably not what you want to do. I was okay, but that was another three grand. Um, And two weeks later, my daughter, uh, early labor, because again, all of the stress. And uh, then we spent five days in the hospital because she had jaundice. So in the matter of four weeks, we owed probably over (laughs) $20,000, just in a span of four weeks when we were literally just, just making ends meet. And, um, and then from there, it just continued to spiral. I had postpartum depression, which was undiagnosed at the time. But then, you know, again, this condo that was a dream started becoming a very fast nightmare, two electrical fires, um, you know, flooding in our two balconies. I mean, it was just everything that could possibly go wrong within a span of two years, literally went wrong. And, um, and I couldn't find a job because by the way, as you kind of the timeline together it's the financial crisis (laughs) so I must have sent out about 500 resumes but literally people I mean businesses were just going under left and right so I could not find a job my husband is working double overtime seven days a week that was the lowest of lows in which I mean Amy even you um I think at one point came and visited and brought groceries a bag of you know like a box of groceries one of my other cousins did the same we were literally playing rock, paper, scissors with our bills and had about two boxes worth of unopened mail. And literally I unplugged the one landline we had because I was just like, we're just, what are we going to do? Like, we cannot, I can't find a job. He's working himself to the boom, right? So the lowest, the so lowest.
0: What was, your, what was your thought around money at that time? Like, I, it's interesting to hear like the story of where you come from and then, I think it's also like, um, beneficial or really necessary for us to identify Mm -hmm. how money enters into our life. Like, however we're born, we don't have a choice necessarily of how it enters, but what's your, what was your thought about money? The way that you grew up, I mean, to you, that was normal Then going to college and realizing like, oh, okay. Now this has shifted to now being where you are now kind of at rock bottom, Do you have an idea now looking back of what money actually meant to you at the beginning and then at that and within that time period of when you're at rock bottom financially? I think
1: and what I've learned is that the way we look at money is a mirror as to how we look at ourselves. I think that is the biggest thing. So um, and and this is my nugget is at the time I felt that my net worth equaled my self-worth. Mm-hmm. That's what I believed, right? In order to be successful, that's as good a person as you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, if you are relevant, you are um, uh, inspiring to others, right? I mean, there's a Forbes list every single year that talks about people's net worth. And guess what? Those are the people we admire most, right? And so you're not mm-hmm. looking at someone who you know, maybe uh, uh, an amazing volunteer—they're not in the in the lights, right? And so at that time, I I really firmly believe, as my life started to spiral downward, so did my self worth, and so did my feeling about money. In other words, because my self worth has lowered, so have my expectations about what I deserve. Mm, right. And it just kept the worse I felt. I felt like a complete failure. I was completely humiliated. Um, you know, here I am, the first person of both sides of my family to, you know, go to college, swing it, love it, and I can't even find a job. Like, I can't even, Walgreens was not calling me back because the thing was, I was overqualified for those positions, so they kept telling me, you're overqualified. And then on the other ones, they just weren't calling me back, right? So what I think turned the corner for me, hindsight is 2020 is when you are that far down at rock bottom, you're open to anything, <laughs> right? You start, you have no choice but to go, what else can I possibly do? And so at the time, The Secret, that documentary, uh, that, that CD or DVD that came out, that came out and I saw it on Oprah. Because again, I had no job, so I watched Oprah every day. Um, and so I, I saw uh, Rhonda Byrne on Oprah and it opened my eyes to uh, something completely new to me, which was manifestation, the law of attraction. And I thought, I want to learn more about that. Mm-hmm. Right around that same time, Tim Ferriss, a blog that someone had, I don't even know who, but someone had referred to me. He was—he wrote a book. So I started reading about it and he loved ex- uh, experimenting with his life. And one of the things that he would experiment with um, was life design. No one had ever been talked about life design up until Tim Ferriss. So Mm -hmm. he wrote a book called Four Hour Work Week. That Mm -hmm. was a a bestseller. So I had a lot of time. I read the book twice and he talked about this new phrase called lifestyle design and another phrase that he used, which I believe was digital nomad. And I thought, okay, this is again, not something I've learned ever. And so at that point, he had also interviewed uh, this financial guru uh, his name is Ramit Seti, who also had a blog and also wrote a book at the same time, and it was called I Will Teach You to Be Rich. The blog and the book are the same name. I devoured all things Ramit Sethi, Tim Ferriss, and the one person in that law of attraction in The, the Secret who really I resonated with. His name is Mike Dooley. And he had his own company called tut.com. And he also wrote several books and was a speaker. So I literally devoured this intersection of metaphysics, law of attraction, manifestation, Mm -hmm. financial literacy and creating systems, which is what Remit was about. And then Tim Ferriss, which was lifestyle design. So between those three things, I just started to just eat it all up. And I started to say, how can I utilize this information of these three things that are fascinating me right now? into something positive and getting out of this complete and utter mess that we're in credit completely shot liquidated our savings liquidated our 401ks we had to just survive and we just said you know what we're gonna have to let this go this was our dream this was our condo it quickly <laughs> turned into a nightmare we're just gonna have to let it go so we short sailed it because again nobody was buying houses at the time um who was it that wrote "I will teach you to be rich"? That was Ramit Sethi, R-A-M-I-T, last name S-E-T-H-I, and he literally just last week. Last year. Say that again. <laughs> no problem.
0: R-A. Or maybe you want to type it in the comments if you want to type it in the oh, comments. That easier. I'll do that. So. Um, so was this the shift? Was this okay? So was this beginning. the beginning of the shift? around money or this was the beginning of the shift of I'm working on myself internally like you know you know what I mean like I'm working on myself internally which then ended up to be about money like I think looking at like that the money mindset mastery like that you have the money mindset that you have mastered when you look back is this where it is this where it started and what are some specific things of that starting point
1: yeah it was really utilizing um again all three all of those avenues and creating something for myself so remit study is all about creating automated workflows and a system a, sy- a financial system So again, as as I stated in the the beginning, I know how to follow systems. And so I just plugged our finances and literally followed everything that resonated with me. In other words, it wasn't 100% everything he said I did. It was, this is my situation. Here's what I'm understanding from his system that will work for us based off of our scenario. That was the financial. I started learning what I didn't know about finances how finances work, personal finance. I was kind of clueless in that aspect. And that really is my first step in kind of getting into a money mindset. You can't be an engineer if you don't go to learn all things engineering, right? And so how do you make money if you don't know how money works? How do you create Mm -hmm. an investment portfolio if you don't invest? And if you don't invest, how do you expect to be wealthy? That's the Mm -hmm. one specific way that you need to make money work for you. Because mm-hmm. if not, you're just trading time for money and you might as well have a job. Mm-hmm. Right. How did how would you
0: how would you answer that question? How does money work? Or money works, how would you answer that?
1: I go that goes into, Yeah, that goes right into the definition of what is money. Right. Yeah. When, when I ask what is money of, of different clients that I've had in the past, or maybe I'll even ask you and, and Carrie on on there, what what is money for you? Well, how would you?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you're saying, it's different. It's different for everybody. We can attach it to different things. We can not attach it to different things, is what I'm hearing you say. It would
1: be the complete opposite. Everyone has their own version of what money means, but right. money is really just one thing. It's a tool. It, we attach a ton of emotion.
0: Exactly. <laughs> to
1: money. So- but money is really just a tool. So you, you know, you have a hammer and a nail. The hammer is either choose your, choose your, uh, your tool, either the nail or the hammer. They can be money, right? You have something that you're literally building. If you're in construction and you have a set of tools that you use, a hammer is just one of those tools. Money right. is the same way. Money works the same okay. way. What we've yeah, done. I like, that. I like that description of it. Yeah, we've attached so much energy and emotion into what money can bring us that then we create our own blocks, right? We've made it bigger than it actually is. It's literally a tool, right? That we just use to our advantage as best as we can. Um, so I, I would just, you know, I would just say as as you start thinking of that, what are the associations you have with money? Mm right? Are those associations positive or are they negative? And that's what gets us into whether you're in a scarcity mindset or an abundance mindset. Right. So that's where I can even shift over to, you know, what are our beliefs about money? What is the story we've told ourselves about money? And some of those examples, I mean, we, there are tons of movies that focus on money. There are tons of songs that focus on money. If I say Mo Money, what are you going to say? All
0: problems. Yes, we
1: got it. So proud of us. Kudos for knowing hip hop culture. But this is the thing. Think about what Diddy actually said. If you have more money or if you make more money, what does that equal? Yeah, he says more problems. More problems. Well, this is the thing. Everyone is taking that in. Oh, if I make Mm -hmm. more, I'm only going to have more problems. So is money seen as a good thing or a bad thing? Right. Mm-hmm. Maybe something to avoid. Oh, great. Now what? Right. If I say, um, you need money to make money, right? People say you need money to make money. Okay. Now. I Okay. But if I don't have the money, shoot, I can't make more money because I don't have the original money. <laughs> right. All I don't is this paper, is, this little piece of paper that
0: we freak out about. <laughs>
1: it is. It really is. And speaking of paper, does money grow on trees? Wish. Well, it actually does. But I don't wish, right? More money, more problems. (laughs) But that's the thing we even say, money doesn't grow on trees. In other words, it's not even available to us. Because if you look at the trees, they're all over the place, right? But really, money is paper, and paper comes from trees. So (laughs) again, not even factual in that manner. Or the richer get richer, the poorer get poorer, right? So and then if you're on the poorer side of it, or if you're not where you want to be and you're attaching yourself, well, I'm not rich, so I'm probably on the on, on the other side. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm never gonna get there, right? So it's we're hearing this on a constant basis from the time we're kids, right? We're taking it in and taking in these mm-hmm. stories that then become beliefs, but mm-hmm. beliefs are not facts. That's just an attitude towards a topic. Right, mm-hmm. so beliefs are not facts. Belief is not truth because if it was yeah. truth, it would be truth, not not belief. And so that's where I think our childhood, our cultures, um, our background, even our religion, right? When we think about how is how is um, a vow of poverty, right, it is seen as something that is beautiful and wonderful. And then if you look on the other aspect, right, uh, money is the root of all evil, right? So we're we're constantly taking these things in. And so when we're trying to make money, we don't even know why we're self-sabotaging ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's because we have all these little beliefs that are working in the background. We don't think about them. We're not consciously aware of these. They're in the subconscious. We're taking it in conversation by conversation as a kid. We're taking it in as we're hearing, you know, watching movies, hearing songs. Our subconscious hears it, takes it in and goes, oh, it must be true. And so that's where we continue to self-sabotage. Mm-hmm. Uh, or even, you know, the fact, you know, uh, if if you think of uh, the Jeffersons, right, but, you know, moving on up, and at the end, it's like, we finally got a piece of the pie. Yeah, yeah. Well, having a piece of the pie means there's a scarcity mindset. It means that there's one pie, and only a certain number of slices, we got our one piece of pie, and we made it. What does that mean? That means that some people make it, everyone else can't we have winners and we have losers, and not everyone can win. Well, that's just, it's BS, right? It it really is when you look at it. Money is a tool. Uh, Our federal government literally prints it all day long, every day. (laughs) Um, There's an abundance and it's limitless. And it's it's also available to all of us if we apply abundance mindset. So basically how do we get there, right?
0: You know, and I'm curious to know how many people grow up with that, with the, with a family home and a belief that it is limitless. You know, there's a lot of when you come from that lower class to middle class, even there's so there's there's so much wording around. I we can't afford it. I can't afford it. We can't afford yeah. it can't afford it. We can't afford it, but that to really, I mean, so by the time we become adults, you know, and then we have our own homes or we have payments to make, and we have children for things to buy for, I mean, you're undoing something that has been a learned subconscious behavior for however many years, 20, 30, 40 years, that now you have to all of a sudden switch that and go, well, it's limitless. Like, and you have to think that way. What what's the process like what is the process of that to go from that to changing our thinking,
1: you know, what what is that process. It's one it's awareness right so it's awareness that uh, these things are in the subconscious and they're driving your past memories and your past experiences and your subconscious are literally driving the decisions you make today. That then create your future. and when we really think about it memories and past experiences they're actually not fact they're the meanings we've provided in our it's, it's the stories we've we are telling ourselves about it right not, nothing is either good or bad it's the meaning we've attached to it mm-hmm. and the meaning that we've attached to it then makes us feel better or makes us feel worse and so mm-hmm. if we have bad memories about a certain topic in this case money those bad memories cloud what we can do moving forward. And so the I think the first part, the first step is just having the awareness that I, you know, I need to recognize what my story is. And mm-hmm. so what I always tell my clients is the first thing to do is, you know, when you look at the different domains of of well-being, finances and personal finance is just one of the different domains, right? You have spiritual, you have emotional, physical. Um, you know, mental, right? And vocational even, environmental. So you have all these different domains that that all together include your well-being. And they all need to be rocking in order for you to really be at your optimum level of health. Financial is one that kind of gets, I would say, pushed to the back, even though it's just as important. And so in here, I want to remind everyone that it's financial wellness or financial well-being is just as important because mm-hmm. when one part of our, uh, one of those domains are out of sync, it then starts to impact the other ones, right? Just like if you're your mental, uh, you, if you have a mental, a heavy mental load or an emotional situation or a physical situation that's going on and you're not at optimum health there, well, having a physical, um, if you're not physically well, it then starts to intrude on your mental and emotional state. It starts to intrude on your relationships, mm-hmm. spirituality, right? It just yeah. continues to about everything else. This is just one of those things. So have, so understanding what your story is, is number one. And the yeah. way that you do that is really just kind of saying, how, how do I see the world when it comes to money? And it's asking those questions. Do I, one, check, do a gut check. When you, um, if you get a $1,000 bonus, for whatever reason, money just comes to you. For whatever reason, how do you feel about that? When you get a bill that is a little bit bigger than you were expecting, what is your gut reaction to that? Is it, oh, I can't afford that, or oh, how am I going
0: to pay for this? Or is it, I've got you. yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Is and, and when someone else is is you know uh, has something else do well, are you going? Must be nice, right? And so it's these things <laughs> that happen we have to check ourselves, right? What are those moments? What are we telling ourselves about money? So that's number one. Um, I would say number two, and I'm looking at my notes here so I don't remember, uh, so I don't forget anything. Number two is really getting that financial literacy. So what is my story, right? What is going on? How am I associating myself and how do I see the world with money about money? And then financial literacy, where are my gaps? Like where, transparently speaking and being completely honest with myself, what have I been avoiding learning? Because that's what we do. We fear something we don't know, so Mm -hmm. we avoid it. And when we avoid it, if it's something that's actually important, it's gonna come back to bite us every single time. So Mm -hmm. where in that financial portfolio, where can we learn a little bit more to have and build more confidence? And for me, that was following a lot of what Ramit Sethi said in his book. It made sense. Automating my finances made sense. Um, And also looking at money in a different way. One of the examples he gave is, why are you focusing? Why are so many financial gurus focusing on, oh, my gosh, don't buy the Starbucks coffee. That'll save you, you know, $500. He's like, no, don't ask the $5 question. Focus on the $5 $5 million questions. Like, what are those solutions? Not the $500 solution, but the $5 million solution. Mm-hmm. So where is your focus, right? Are you focusing on little things that gave you small amount, percentage of knowledge? Or are you going to go for the 80%, right? What is my one focus that will give me 80% of the way there? Mm-hmm. And that's where where I thought, that's a huge mind shift. I was focusing on the small, you focus on small problems, you get small solutions. Mm-hmm. Focus on bigger bigger solutions bigger reward so that was curious
0: curious to know like when you say financial literacy are you are you kind of like aiming and pointing toward books literature like the ones that you mentioned are you focusing on like like I'm thinking if this is brand new to somebody and they go, I have never thought this way in my entire life. And now I'm aware and I'm, I'm, I'm aware of all of these things and the way that I'm thinking, but I have no idea how to move forward into financial literacy. I don't even know where to go. What, do you have any suggestions of maybe? For sure. Okay.
1: For sure. Yeah. When I say financial literacy, I'm focused on understanding what personal finance is. How does money work? Um, you know, credit cards, a lot of us have, most of us have credit cards and or credit card debt. Uh, if you don't understand what an APR is, or if you don't understand how interest works, mm-hmm. that's a problem because interest mm-hmm. is huge. That's how you lose money. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, keeping more of what is yours is always a good idea and making mm-hmm. it work for you. Um, so understanding how credit cards work, especially yeah. if you have them, understanding how the banking system works what do they get out of you having a credit card? What do they get out of you banking with them? Understand both sides, because if you understand what they're getting out of it and how they make money off of you banking with them or you using them at, uh, in their credit cards or taking out a loan, whatever the situation is, you'll understand why they're promoting certain things to you why you're getting certain envelopes in the, the mail. Or emails and like, hey, you know, make sure you do this. Or here's a promotion just for you, right? In college, the my first year, there was a line of tables, and it was all credit card companies. The literally the first week, and it was go ahead and apply for this credit card and this credit mm-hmm. card. And card. you got a hat or a shirt. Mm-hmm. Everybody, long lines. Everybody wanted the hat and the shirt. <laughs> No one knew what they were signing themselves up for. And the fact that, by the way, if you don't pay this in full within 30 days, interest is going to kill you. And it's anywhere between 13 and 23 percent. Right. And so if you don't understand that, it's going to bite you in the butt later on. Um, So I would say, what are the gaps of what you need to know Mm -hmm. in order to how a mortgage works? If you plan on buying a house or if you have a house? Why is it that it's 30 years? What, you know, how do they, how does that interest rate work? So all of those different things make a big difference. And then how to automate your finances and create a system that works for you so that you can understand investing, mm-hmm. um, because then investing is the number one way to make your money work for you. Uh, that's where you really use it as a tool, because uh, as we know, money continues to, uh, to exponentially grow when you're using it the right way. And understanding what a liability is versus understanding what an asset is, right? So nowadays, um, I've learned that let your assets buy your liabilities. What does that mean? If right now we have a car, we are like waiting as far as possible so that we can pay it cash because there's no way we're going to finance it and there's no way we're going to lease it. Why? Because I used to work at a car dealership for a short time. And I know that leasing is the number one way they make the most money. The dealership, and it's the number one way you lose the most money because as soon as you drive that car off the lot, there's a percentage that it has dropped (laughs) in in its uh, value. So again, different money is a part of every every part of our lives, right? It touches every part of our lives when you go to the grocery store, when you you know uh, buy buy tools, and when you buy uh, you know put your kids in school or, or sports or it touches every part of our lives, just understanding, okay, if this is my life, where does money touch and how does that actually work for me or against me? It's just awareness and education. That's how I look mm-hmm. at it.
0: Mm-hmm. I saw a quote. I saw a quote the other day that reminds me, money isn't everything, but everything needs money.
1: Absolutely. And it's that's truth, mm-hmm. right? It mm-hmm. really is. Because when you think about what makes the world go round. There's a saying that says money makes the world go round. Yeah, but, right, what does money provide you when you no longer have to worry about it? And I feel like that's one of the the steps, too, is just understanding here's my past association and my current association, but what I want it to be in the future, right? And for me, that's liberation and freedom, choice. Having the choice. Like, I, again, grew up two miles away from Humboldt Park, one of the most inner city um, parks in Chicago, definitely not high income in any way, shape or form back then. And there's no way that I should be within, uh, five months from being completely, uh, financially independent minus my mortgage, which I'm not going to even touch. Uh, I have no interest in paying that off, but it's financially independent. And my husband and I can be, um, retiring early or choose to retire early. He can next year. And I can within five years. Mm-hmm. And that's our, that's our plan, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, there's no way that a kid like me without the education, without the awareness and without the wherewithal to kind of ask the right questions, which is, okay, what is keeping me from moving forward? You know, I felt like everything I went through from 2007 to 2010 really was more of a catalyst to like catapult me into this other arena because I never would have asked those questions. I never would have been open to manifestation and you know financial literacy. I would have just kept going day to day, right? If everything was fine, I probably would still be there till this day. But it made me really dig deep because I hit rock bottom and I was kind of like, there's gotta be another way. There's gotta be another way. Understanding cost of living, right? If I'm making X amount of dollars. You know, for us, we asked in 2011, it, does it make sense for us to even stay in Chicago where the property taxes, gas, tolls, were just eating at everything we did. It didn't make sense. So we literally had to align our values and go, what do we want to see with our family? How do we want to live our lives? How do we want to spend our money? Do we want to spend it on taxes and property taxes and, and gas um, I mean, there was even a, uh, parking was, uh, is, is obscene in downtown area. So mm-hmm. everything we did in Chicago just didn't make sense to what our values were. So really understanding our values at that time of with the money we have, what do we want our lives to look like? And that's what helped us move over to Grand Rapids, which is a completely different aspect of cost of living, much lower. Um, so mm-hmm. it helped make our money go further and it helped us build our savings as well. Mm -hmm. So that's where that's at. So just doing check-ins as well, right? Where am I in these moments where I'm getting um, bills, unexpected bills, or uh, where things are happening just on the daily, check in with yourself. What are my thoughts about this? How am I feeling about this? Those are emotions are just clues, right? Mm -hmm. The emotions means that there was a thought that caused that emotion with the meaning in between right? So you have a thought and it causes either a positive or a negative emotion. And you kind of go, okay, if it was positive, what was the thought? And do more of that. Mm -hmm. If it was negative, okay, what was the thought? Do less of that and reframe it. So reframing Mm -hmm. is really critical into, you know, shift, doing a relationship with your money. Yeah. Right. And you know, I I think this
0: is something that is, can be an aha moment for a lot of people. And I know this is something, um, you know, that you have done, but it's like, we check in with ourselves in so many ways. Why don't we check in in that same way with money? Right. We, we like, like I, you know, you check in of, how am I feeling today? What does my physical body need? Okay, I need rest. Okay, I need a workout. Okay, I need food. And I need fuel it the right way. And then we go. What does my mental and emotional? Okay, I need. I need space from this relationship, or I need a therapy appointment. But why don't we do that about our finances? Why or months? I think specifically money, because I think finances yeah. like this over can be this overwhelming thing of it's too hard or it's it's too difficult, but why don't we check in about money? How does this make me feel when right. I look at the price tag of these shoes? How does yeah. this make me feel when I'm looking at this home that's really big and I've never lived in a home this big? Do I say I could never live in something like that? Or do I say I can't wait to live in a home like that? So it's yeah. like like the, all, all of that shifting, which I know you've done, So, so much of, and through that manifestation and through that shifting, I think that was just such a big aha thing for me. And then as you and I further talked about, you know, different things that you were doing and all those affirmations, it's like, it seems like it's common sense, but you're like, well, oh yeah, why don't, why don't I check in? Why don't I check in with that? When you, you know, when you look at a $20 bill or you see $20, what does that, what does that mean to you? What, you know, how, how does that make you feel? So i i love i love that and i i would really love for you to share because i i think that well i mean i know a lot of your story obviously but your that vision that you created from even going you know when you when you came here um you know i'll i'll say this part for you but you know you didn't even come to grand rapids and like step into a really small company it was like you came in with a bang and worked at the largest one of the largest companies that's here, Steelcase. So it's like you already man you were already manifesting before that and coming into that. And I feel like from that, from that time of like right before you moved here and then going through your journey here, it was just like this rocket climb of of speeding ahead into, I don't want to call it money, but but kind of it was like you just manifested it and it just went whoosh. It was like a rocket taking off.
1: It really wasn't. That's how it, that's how it felt. So it's funny yeah. that you describe it that way. Cause it really, it was just once I just, once it clicked for me, that, that was the thing. Once it clicked and I, I stopped, um, I started seeing that what I felt I deserved is what I received. Mm-hmm. So,
0: and, and I'll say that. How, in a how long do you think, how long do you think that took you to feel that
1: way? Like, if you
0: start, when you started, when you were down, you know, like, did you do something every day? Were you like, I'm going to do this three times a week? Were you doing affirmations at that time? Like, what was your specific mean know. when you were,
1: okay. Yeah, I was not. So even though I was learning about law of attraction, even though I was learning about, um, you know, what I didn't understand about law of attraction is I I was focused on the things that I wanted, but I was also focused on the things that I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> like, it took me years to figure out, oh, as soon as a, as soon as uh, I'm feeling annoyed, that's like, just again, starting to really understand my body and really trusting my gut. Anytime that I just started to go, mm, this isn't feeling right, I would, I started to really understand, ooh, what what is it that I'm thinking of? What is it that I'm thinking of? Why am I annoyed? So I just really got in tune but that didn't happen. So again, 2007 to 2010, that was not even a, like, that was not a thing. I was spiraling, spiraling, spiraling. Yeah. In 2013 was when we moved to Grand Rapids. So at, at right around 2011 was when the aha moments started. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. they, they was kind of like, oh, wait a second. Uh, I actually don't like this definition of success that everyone's telling me that I should be happy with. Cause I, li- I worked at one of the largest pharmaceutical companies in the world. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. I absolutely hated it. I loved the people I worked with, but I hated that I had to drive 90 minutes and and pay three, two or three different tolls. I hated that that was 90 minutes there and back. I had just had Mikey, my my son, and I I was home when he was already in bed. So I never I I was uh, leaving the house before he was awake, and I was coming back before uh, right after he had fallen asleep. I didn't get to see him. And, you know, it just tore me up. And so I started really maneuvering and asking asking different types of questions that literally nobody around me was asking. They were just, it was the norm for everybody who was coming into after maternity leave to say, oh, yeah, you know, that kind of happens and you'll get used to it. I'm like, I don't want to get used to that. I want to see my kids grow up. I don't want to miss that. He's only three months one time. He's only six months one time. You, you know, I'm missing those moments. And so I started to say, I don't like this definition of success. That's not what I want. And that's where really I started to relate, you know, using, redesigning my life. You know, what do I want and what's going to make me and my family, what's going to help us thrive and feel good about our lives? And that's, that's when we started asking vision questions. You know, you have your vision as a solo person right when you're coming into it as a child teenage early adult years you have a vision for your life right and it's, it's solo you may have a vision of family later on but you're creating this on your own with all those influences all of a sudden i got to a point where i said i could care less about everybody else's uh, definition of what success is because i'm making good money at 20 2010 2011 uh, 2012 and 2013, however, I absolutely hate the way I'm feeling on a daily basis because I'm not with my family and that's my passion and that's where I feel my absolute best. And so then we just started to ask those questions and, and say, all right, well, what do we really want as a family unit? What does success look like for us? Um, what brings us the most joy and energy? And, what, and then we started asking what drains our energy? What pisses us off about where we're at in our life? And it was really those things of the quality time that we weren't spending together just kills us. And we love being together. And so we started asking those types of questions and then it came into, well, then where do we live that will allow us to live the way that we want? And that's where we started looking at different cities and Grand Rapids went out. Um, because we really wanted at least one person who we could trust in case there was an emergency, right? Who can get to our kids who we trust? And in all the other cities, there was one or two people, but then we felt that those places are further away than we wanna be from actually Chicago. So that's what really brought us to Grand Rapids. And then from there, going into Steelcase, Steelcase is an amazing company and it's a company where you don't get in unless you know somebody, and I didn't know anybody. So mm-hmm. my first year, everybody kept saying, "Who do you know that you got into Steelcase? Because it just wasn't a thing. <laughs> you had to know someone or be the daughter or the nephew or you know whatever it was. You had to really know somebody very well in order to even get in because it was just you know a, a very local, uh, you know, dynamic company. And I really just put all of my energy and I had the flexibility with Steelcase. Um, and I still, you know, love Steelcase and, and everything that it had, but after a certain time, I was like, you know, it, it really is about a hustle culture. And now I started to ask myself questions about that. Well, now the hustle culture, even though I have flexibility is not working to my advantage anymore. So now what's my next step, right? So this continues redesigning your life continues.
0: Again.
1: Yeah. Right? It continues you as you evolve and your situation and your life situation evolves, then you you continue to ask those questions, checking in, what brings me joy? What drains my energy? And it comes back to money mindset as well, because again, all those eight domains creep into each other, mm-hmm. right? So uh, mentally and emotionally is starting to drain you. Then all of a sudden you're going, okay, now my finances, how do I adjust here? So what yeah. were we willing to do? Yeah. We to give up, and all of that other stuff. And so, yeah. uh, I got into a an amazing, an amazing spot where I'm at now that is really driving the force uh for the next five, six, seven years. And so that's that's where that's at. But it's all about after that affirmations. Yeah. On a daily, on a daily. On a daily. Now it's like I don't go a day without affirmations. Do you have in front
0: of you, or can you share? Because I know you and I have talked a lot about your mm-hmm. favorite ones. And in fact, you have sent me your favorite ones, which I now have all over my house. And he's been to my house there's stuff all over my walls everywhere to remind me of all the things uh but I I love those I love those ones I love those specific ones that you sent me and not all of them not all of them necessarily have the word money in them right but they all are actually that funnel to go and uh to to feed into money in your life uh, right. one of my favorite ones is that long one about, thank you for this life. And thank you for that. But I would, I would love for you to share if you have them in front of you, like your favorite top five, your favorite top three affirmations, we can throw them in the chat. And then I'll also, I'll post them in here too. And pictures, uh, or, you know, or, or a text in the chat and then outside of the chat, but I'd love for you to share that share those with us.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's, it's how I start my day and it's how I end my day. And so that's, that's the key is when you're starting your day, you're really setting an intention for yourself of being limitless. Mm -hmm. And that goes all across the board, right? Today is a choice. Today is a blessing. Today doesn't have to be like yesterday. I don't compete with others. I compete with myself, right? So I don't do this thing about competition, right? Coaches, there are thousands of coaches right now, all with many of the same target audiences right all the same uh, you know and and this whole piece of the pie right like oh I can't you know I have to compete with such and such coach that doesn't that doesn't even come into my my world anymore because what I focus on is who am I and what are those connections I have with the people I'm working with and that's all unique right you have your unique set of your personality and how you connect and how you teach and coach and care. And everyone else has their own. And it's like you all of a sudden start attracting the people that you are supposed to attract in the mm-hmm. sense of the people that you're vibing with. So competition is, um, I would say competition with others is part of that scarcity mindset competition. Mm-hmm. with yourself just betters yourself. So mm-hmm. I'll just leave that out there as well, Love but that. some of my favorite ones, um, that I do again on a daily is I live in a field of generosity and connection knowing I have a limitless supply and always have more than enough to give. A lot of times we tend to hoard, um, resources, knowledge, um, even, you know, stop donating. Oh, I don't have enough. And it's like, no, when you give genuinely give, you're able to receive 10 times more, right? It's always a 10 X refund, uh, you know, on your way back. So that's always beautiful. I joyfully create lasting wealth by planting and growing my resources in fertile places. Mm. I love how we can use nature in order to go ahead and um, make those pictures so vivid in our minds. And so sometimes we're too close to ourselves and into ourselves and we're not able to like see the forest for the trees. And so doing different uh, visuals or visualizations um, and comparisons That take us away from it, but then allow us to see the resemblance and see how they connect right that helps Mm -hmm. us. I love this one for that moment for that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am a powerful creator. I have a limitless supply of money, creativity, love and energy. I attract all the resources I need to thrive. I am happy and grateful that money is coming to me frequently and effortlessly. I am happy and grateful that money is coming to me frequently and effortlessly. I always say that one twice because frequently and effortlessly, I just want to hear that twice. So I always say it twice. I love this one. And this one is probably my favorite one. Everything I touch turns to gold. Mm -hmm. I am a master manifester. I know how to direct my energy. Now I am perfect, whole, and complete. I was all along, but now I know it. Mm, And this one is uh, something that I say for me, whenever I get a bill, (laughs) whenever I get something that is a little bit more than I thought, I always say, it's okay. The money's coming in easily, effortlessly, and often now. And my husband and I joke um, every time that something happens, we go, oh, don't worry about it. We're rich. (laughs) We say that we're not by the way, but we say that. And what does that do? We literally create some levity in any situation because mm-hmm. we're like, oh, don't worry about it, it's rich. Uh, we're rich, we're rich, so we can afford that. You know, We yeah. always say, oh yeah, we could totally afford that. We got this, this is super easy. Yeah. And then the one that you were talking about, thank you. Thank you for the fun trips. Thank you for the adventures. Thank you for the laughter. Thank you for the luxurious life. Thank you for the booming success. Thank you for my inner peace. Thank you for the fulfillment. Thank you for the experiences. Thank you for the memories. Thank you for the love. Thank you for this life. Mm, I love that one. It's my favorite. It is. And uh, I'll I'll finish with this one. And it's called Now. And the reason it's called Now is because it gets your brain listening to like, no, present tense. I already have this. A lot of the times we're thinking about the future of what we're going to get or where we're going to be. And what this does is it allows us to bring it back to center, just like the thank you, right? Thank you means you already have it. Now means I already possess this. I already have this. It's already within reach. So now I am strong. Now I am free. Now I am fulfilled. Now I'm at peace. Now I am clear. Now I know. Now my path is clear. Now my upward spiral lifts off. Now abundance finds me. Mm. So those are some of my favorite ones. And and of course the the cards are always stacked in my favor, right? So just little, little ones, you know, you don't have to do all of them, but just the little ones. For me, I do all of them because the more I hear it, then it becomes your norm, right? Repetition just becomes your norm. And then it starts becoming your expectation. And when it becomes your expectation, then it becomes your standard. Yeah. Right. So really, what is that standard? Yeah, and I
0: think you know, I think something you and I always talk about is there's no wrong place to start. Just start. There's no wrong choice in how how you start or which ones you choose. They don't have to be these affirmations. If you have your own, choose choose those. But um, just make a choice to do maybe one thing from today that you learned and then maybe another, you know, as you move forward, another thing and then another thing, but there's no wrong choice on how you start to work this. You know, there's no wrong choice how you start to work on yourself emotionally, mentally, physically, it's like, you know, if you're working out, if you wanna work on yourself physically, you you get up, you just start walking, right? You just just do something because there's so many different ways to work out there's so many different things that you can do and I think just kind of if you if it helps to kind of relate this to that there's so many ways that you can work on this and I think just I always love your story because it's you know it's true and it's like you like you said it's like there's no way that I that I mean here you are sitting making you know well over six figures at this job that you manifested that like that it doesn't make factual sense to go this is where I came from and this is what I am now. But that process of manifesting that and changing that mindset. I mean, that's the mindset mastery right there. We tend to overthink it. We tend to think there's all these crazy steps to go. It's not, it's maybe just slowing down to be aware, to gain knowledge, to start those affirmations, to do your check-ins. And this is really where it can get you. And any of those areas of life,
1: Absolutely. It really is. And you, and you can use this, like you said, in all those different areas, right. Understanding your story with whatever topic yeah, and getting the knowledge that you need to, to, to just be dangerous, right. You don't have to become an expert, just be good enough to be dangerous with it. Right. Um, And then also checking in, like you said, and reframing that story. When, when I do, you know, again, getting those, Oh, right. As soon as I go, Oh, I go, Oh, wait, is that my belief creeping yeah, yeah. in? Like, oh, gotta right? switch that, yeah. Switch yeah. It and so, yeah, absolutely. And then the the affirmations is really just about continuing to feed those, you know, getting all science here, but continuing to make those connections in your brain, uh, you know, that this is the new reality moving forward, right? It's just continuing, just like when you go to a gym, it's working out consistently that works not start and stop and every other three months and Mm -hmm. oh why why am I still not seeing results well it's because you're not consistent yeah being consistent yeah consistency is key well this was
0: awesome thanks for sharing your story and I just love stories as all of you know that are listening to this because there's so many stories on my podcast but I specifically love this one one of the mostest Uh, so I am just super thankful for you and your story and sharing it with us and sharing how you got from there to here and I can't wait for part two of this when we do it next time around so thanks everyone for joining us today and we will talk to you next time see you
1: soon thank Thank you. you
0: Until next time, be reminded that your past does not have to define your future and that you always have a choice to live a life redesigned. See you soon.